Stranger Rangers. This is Bree. This is Tina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. All right. Well, welcome back, guys. This is part two of the Ryan Sullivan murder. Um, If you guys missed part one, make sure you go back and listen to that episode. But I will give just a brief little recap to uh, refresh on where we left off from episode one. So we have 24 year old Ryan Sullivan, who is a soldier in the army. And on his first deployment to Iraq, he falls in love with a young woman who he first knows as Melissa online. Um, He comes back and he meets her. She doesn't look anything like the pictures that she sent. He finds out that her name is actually Katie, but he is such a stand-up sweetheart guy committed to her that he continues this relationship and about a couple years into their relationship in 2008 he is found murdered in his apartment in Colleen, Texas um, he's based at Fort Hood and so we're on a little bit of a manhunt right now to figure out who has murdered Ryan we have talked to the girlfriend Katie she's pretty much been ruled out as a suspect right. and his um, officials lead investigators to talk to a co-soldier of his a uh, man by the name of John Valdez and John Valdez is looking kind of suspicious for the crime but we don't have a whole lot to tie to him there's some rumored bad blood between the two but nonetheless um we're about two people in with not really any great solid leads on where to go next right so without further ado this is part two of the ryan sullivan murder So when we left off, they had just finished doing John's interview and the closest thing that ties him to kind of looking the most suspicious for this is that he drives the same type of black motorcycle that had been seen outside of Ryan's apartment um, in the days before his murder. So for further investigating, the day after they did John's interview, they investigate John's claims about Ryan having affairs with these married women that he had been meeting out at the clubs. You know, was it a deranged, angry husband that found out about this affair and wound up in Ryan's apartment that night? So that's pretty scandalous to be dating married women. So scandalous, especially, I mean... I think a lot of military people hang out at the same bars. I would assume military wives would also hang out at the same bars. So no matter how big of a town you're in, it's kind of like small town feel in a big town when you're in a community. Yes. Like that. When you know their husbands are away. Exactly. Exactly. That's hard. Totally. And I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're like, oh, your husband's off on a tour. I'm home. Yeah. Um, let's hang out. So. Yeah. so it's not like, oh, someone's going to walk in on you. It's like, right. You've got six months before someone's back. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So investigators go back to Fort Hood and they want to talk to more soldiers there. And they said that, yes, Ryan frequented those bars that they all hung out with, but that his nights were anything but rowdy. He was not getting in fights with people. He would go out for drinks and have a good time, but then often he would nightcap back at his home and would wind down playing video games and just like have a really chill night, which totally contradicts what John had told them about him getting into fights and being this angry drunk and losing his temper and whatnot. Right. Nobody else knew about these alleged fights except for John. And they, the investigators also find out that Ryan and John did have a falling out despite John having denied that whole part of his questioning in his interview. This falling out was because there was a little bit of an issue from Ryan's standpoint about John's close relationship with his girlfriend, Katie, um, Katie. Yeah. So evidently Katie was confiding in John about the way that Ryan was treating her and kind of using him as a shoulder to cry on. Ryan did not like how close the two were getting and no one thought that there was necessarily a relationship happening between Katie and John, but it was kind of more that I think John maybe took on this like protective brotherly role for Katie and did not like what he was hearing from her about Ryan's attitude towards her, the way that he was treating her, which is totally understandable. You know, I, I love a man that doesn't like to see women be mistreated. So yes. And I I can't hold that against him, but I can see why Ryan was a little jaded because he's like, dude, you're supposed to be my friend. You know, and you're supposed to be my girlfriend. Why are you? Yeah, yeah. I can so... see why he was a little upset because he's probably like, bro, you're supposed to be my bro. Like, I'm supposed to, you know, talk to you about my girl. And like... Yeah, I mean, they serve together. So he's like, you know, we have this bond, you know, you're kind of not really you're holding bros. up our friendship. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's at this point that detectives also find out that Ryan had actually broken up with Katie months earlier because of this relationship between Mm. her and John. And that totally contradicts what Katie had told Mm -hmm. them in her first interview. Remember, she had told them that they were just recently separated so that they could think about it if they wanted their relationship to continue or not before he got deployed again. So investigators are immediately suspicious that some of these little fine details are not exactly lining up the way that they were when they did their first line of questioning right so they're like okay we obviously have some follow-up that we need to do so we want to talk to katie again so they bring katie back in for a second interview so katie says that ryan introduced her and john back together back in January after they returned from their first deployment. And she describes John as kind of being like the annoying cousin. Like he was just always there hanging around. She didn't really like that. He was around all the time. It was just kind of like, uh, you know, he was just kind of like a third wheel. Sure. 
And they asked Katie why she lied about the breakup. And she said that she was embarrassed about it. Katie says that they were having some problems because they were waiting on DNA results from a woman who claimed to be pregnant with Ryan's child. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So she says that some of their problems started to happen because Ryan had confessed to having a couple affairs and the latest being with a woman by the name of Jordan. Now, Jordan, just to add another layer to all of this, is the sister of Ariana Benitez, who is John Valdez's fiance. Oh my God, that's some small town shit. Small town shit. Okay. So now they're even more curious about who Ariana is. We obviously need to find this woman and talk to her. Like all of these people are too intertwined together. Yeah. When they ask for Ariana's phone number and Katie gives it to them. But when they call, they don't get an answer. They also can't find any records of her living in the apartment that John said that she lived in. Okay. And they kind of hit a dead end with it. They have a number for her. They're not getting an answer. There's no records of her at the apartment that she said to live in. And that's just kind of where that ends. So I would have tracked her down. (laughs) Girl, yes, you would have. Literally, if there is anybody in this world who is not being paid currently to be a detective to track people down, Fatina is it. I would track. I would have tracked her down. But okay. Oh my so, god. Because I mean, that could be explained easily to where like she wasn't on the lease, so she's not going to come up on any, you know, sure records for the apartment or whatnot. But Ab- absolutely, yeah. So. At this point, they don't have enough to tie Katie or John definitively to the murder. And they, you know, they Mm. let Katie go on her way after the second interview. They really don't get a whole lot more than what they had the first time. Jordan has a baby, right? You said? Jordan is just to be rumored to be somebody that Ryan had an affair with and came to Ryan and said, I'm pregnant. I think that the baby is yours. And Ryan's like, I do not believe that I am the father. I want you to take a DNA test. Okay. And so Katie finds out about this, uh, you know, Ryan confesses to having Mm -hmm. affairs. But there's no baby. There's no baby. There's just a pregnancy. A pregnancy. Okay. Correct. Okay. Correct. So a little bit of time passes and police get a call um, from an anonymous informant. And this person is saying that they have information about the murder and that they are just feeling that they want to do something about it. They said, I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing right now. And I don't want to put myself in jeopardy, but I have information that I think could be valuable to your guys's case. Okay. The caller is specialist Jeremy Jacobs, and he is in the same unit as John, and they also live together, their roommates. So they serve together and they live together. 
About that time, John had fallen into some money troubles, so Jeremy moved in to help split the rent with him. Jeremy was also a good friend to Ryan Sullivan as well, and Jeremy agrees to come to the police station, and he is, like, beyond nervous about giving his statement. He is shaking. He's sweating. He can't sit still, and investigators are like, Jeremy, you are Ryan's friend. Ryan is dead. You guys serve together. You need to tell us whatever it is that you yeah. know so that we can track down who did this to your brother, you know? Yeah. And so Jeremy spills. He reveals that in early September, John approached him and said that there's a hit out on Ryan for $100,000 and that he was going to get it. The fuck? Yep. John told Jeremy a couple different stories. One was that the hit was put out by a congressman and the other was from a high ranking Pentagon official that had placed $150,000 on Ryan's head for the hit. No fucking way. An insane amount of money. Like, yes, Ryan really excelled at what he did, but like an inside hit, like an inside job hit. Yeah, I don't know what he would have done or what sort of information he would have had to have at least a hundred thousand dollar. Unless he was put sleeping on with him. one of these with, with the congressman's wife. Ooh, that's a good theory. That is a good theory. You never know. So John tries to solicit the help of Jeremy and of Kyle Meesh. Now, Kyle is who John says that he was partying with in Austin that weekend that Ryan was murdered. Oh, so his name comes up again in this situation. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy says that John said that he would pay them to help him follow through with this murder and for them to help make it go away whenever the news came out that Ryan, you know, was killed. So Jeremy says that him and Kyle both turned him down and assumed that John wouldn't follow through with it once they were like, Hey man, like, no, we're not going to do that. You know? So they thought, you know, if John doesn't have any help to do this, he's probably not going to go through with it. Like what the fuck is wrong with this guy? I'm just going to pretend like you didn't ask me. So off the wall that you think I'm, you know, He's fucking around. He's not really going to go through with something like this. Right. Because in what world do you think a friend's going to come up to you and be like, yo, you want to carry out this hit with me? I'll take you out for a burger afterwards. Like, exactly. no, like that's not real life. It's like, that. come on, man. Like, no, you're not going to do that. We're not going to help you do that. Like, no, you're, you're probably getting scammed from somebody, you know. Yeah, okay. that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Also not going to kill a friend. But... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> then this is when Jeremy reveals to investigators that the weekend that Ryan was murdered, he was woken up by frantic knocking on the door of his apartment and it's Kyle. And when he lets Kyle in, Kyle tells him it happened. It just happened. Sullivan is dead. And Jeremy is oh just my like, God. what in the absolute fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? Ryan is dead. And why are you telling me? And why do you know about it? Exactly. No exactly. Yeah. 
So that's when Kyle tells Jeremy exactly what had happened that night. Kyle and Ryan had gone to the starlight bar that night. This is a bar that they frequented very, very often. And then the two of them went back to Ryan's apartment. Him and Ryan were um, playing video games. They each uh, posted up on one of the couches in Ryan's living room and the two of them fell asleep. And then Kyle says that he's woken up by a loud noise. He looks over and he sees a masked man standing over Ryan and Ryan's dead body fell to the floor. Then the man took off his mask and he sees that it's John Valdez. And with this information that Jeremy gives to the investigators, John is immediately arrested the following day after this statement is given. So Kyle is saying, well, at least told, what was his name? Ron? Jeremy. Told Jeremy. (laughs) Ron Ron, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy. (laughs) But so Kyle is saying, I was hanging out with him. I just happened to be there, but I was not involved. Correct. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we went out for drinks. We went back to his apartment. We fell asleep. And then I woke up and there's a masked man standing over him. And it was John when he took his mask off. Don't mind me. (laughs) You're fine. So after wild, I know. I mean, kind of believable, but because totally John had it out for him. Exactly. And obviously John, I feel like wouldn't hesitate to reveal himself because he had already solicited the help of Kyle. And so if he was going to be interviewed anyways, John would have been somebody that he named. So he was probably like, no, I'm going to reveal myself Then I'm going to entice you with some money because you know that I did it. And I told you I'd pay you if you helped me make it go away. So (sighs) here's what I it's super messy. And then like in the way that he's presenting it is like, you know, John walks in, kills him and then saw that it was me. And he was comfortable because it was me. So he's like, oh, this mask is too hot. I'm going to take it off because you already know it's me. Like, exactly. I know. Just it's it's wild. So John is immediately arrested after they find out this information. And when they arrest John, they find a key on him that goes to a room at a local economy inn. So they go to the hotel, they go in the room and they find a motorcycle jacket. Wouldn't you know it? And they also find a Bank of America envelope with $4,400 in it. So they're wondering, why does this guy have $4,400 on him? Is this this part of the payment for Ryan's murder Mm -hmm. for this, you know, $100,000, $150,000 hit? And now they need to find out who actually hired John, if he was hired. If he was hired. To do this. Or if he just wanted to do it. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. But investigators want to talk to one more person before they really pursue with some of this. And so they bring in Kyle to talk to them. And first and foremost, they want to give Kyle a lie detector test. And I don't even think that he takes the test. He just like immediately breaks down and confesses to his part in Ryan's murder. Good. Like, it's just so 
guilt stricken that he's just like, fuck it. I'm caught. I can't live my life like this anymore. And he tells investigators that John approached him offering him $5,000 to help kill Ryan and that Kyle agreed to help him. My God, it was his friend for $5,000. Another one of those cases where you're like, really dude, like you're willing to do that for, I mean, for any amount of money, but for that little amount of money and the investigators are like, so you just basically just like, we're really hard on your luck and you just wanted some money. And Kyle's like, yeah, I just really, I just wow. really needed the money. Oh, that's I know. awful. And I mean, also like you are in the military, you're, you are getting paid. You're making some decent money. You're not so hard out on your luck that you absolutely need this $5,000. Now I'm saying that blindly without knowing a whole lot about Kyle's situation. Maybe he owed debts to people or whatever, but I mean, you're not, you're not broken, struggling, you're not destitute. You're not, you know, no. <sighs> yeah, that's that's hard. It's um, so hard. It's hard, and it, the amount being so low makes it even fucking harder. And it's just heartbreaking. That I'm like, you had to weigh this out in your head. Totally. If you didn't struggle with it, you're a monster. Exactly. But he had to have struggled with it because it wasn't an immediate yes, right? So he had to think about it. Also, you weren't John's first choice. But, I mean, (laughs) so you could have asked for more. Um, That's just absolute shit to kill a friend, someone you know. Mm -hmm. And And regardless, he accepted. Yeah. He accepted that he took that deal. You know, so what did he say he actually did then? What did he end up confessing to? So Kyle tells investigators that um, they planned everything out that night, that John Ooh. had told Kyle to take Ryan out and to get him as drunk as possible and then bring him back to the apartment oh. and let him know when they were there. And so once they got back to the apartment, Kyle texts John that Ryan was asleep and John was already in the apartment, hiding in the apartment when they got back there and he came out and that's when he stabbed Ryan the 34 times. No. Yes. And so obviously Kyle is under arrest. I mean, he is a very big part in helping this whole thing get played out. But again, they're still like, who hired these guys? Yeah, like, is this a real thing? We're still hearing that this is murder for hire, you know? So while John was in jail, they start listening into John's phone calls. And they're like, okay, if he really was hired to kill Ryan, there's going to be some form of communication. Either he's going to call somebody or somebody's going to call him right. to confirm that this happened. There's going to be a conversation about money there's going to be my money wired somewhere yeah. you know put something. money on his books <laughs> yeah. totally or so his mom's start... going to get money or something right right exactly okay. 
So they start monitoring John very closely and listening in on his phone calls. And he never gets a call from a congressman or any high ranking official from the Pentagon. The only phone calls that he receives while he's in jail is from his fiance, Ariana. And the investigators listen on the, these phone calls and they're like, her voice just sounds weird. Like, it sounds like this, like very like teenagery, like baby talk sort of just, just not very believable. And, you know, they're like, we're really good at tracking people down and finding out who you are and where you are. And for us to not be able to find this mysterious Ariana is very, very, very weird. So while John's there, he only ever gets phone calls from Ariana. She never comes to the jail to visit him, but who does come to the jail to visit him is Katie Briggs. Uh Uh-huh. And so we see Katie come back into the picture and they're like, son of a bitch. She has been flying under the radar the whole time. We need to dive in and look much, much closer at Katie than we have been this whole time. So they decide first and foremost, where they're going to start is with Katie's financials and they find something very, very interesting. Oh no! So despite the breakup between Katie and Ryan, Katie was still a beneficiary on Ryan's $400,000 life insurance policy. And Ryan had divvied this up and And he had put down that Katie would receive a hundred thousand dollars of this. If anything were to happen to him, she had, he had this money days after the, after the murder wired into her account with a whole letter saying, we're so sorry for your loss, blah, 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 blah. Then they also see that Katie had also had a withdrawal from her account in the amount of $4,400, which is the same amount of money that was found in that Bank of America envelope in John's motorcycle jacket the night that he was arrested. And they're like, bullseye, bingo, bango, bongo. Katie (laughs) is very obviously the one who put out the hit on Ryan. Wow. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. There's no Ariana, is there? You're very good, and I'm going to get to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so on May is 14th. Is there a Jordan? I have so many questions. <laughs> so on May 14th, 2009, Katie is arrested at her home. And while she's being transported, they decide that they want to search her car. And when they search her car, they find two cell phones sitting in the center console. And on a hunch, they call the number that they were given for Ariana. And one of the phones rings. They now know that Ariana was a fake ass person that Katie made up this whole time Whoa! and not only just that and i don't really feel that bad for him but i do feel bad for john in this situation john was totally duped by katie he didn't know he did not know he thought that he was just blackout drunk that night that they all went out to the bars and that's why he didn't remember his first interaction with ariana there was never an interaction with Ariana. Now, if he slept with somebody that night, that's up for debate. And I bet if Katie knows. Did, I bet Katie knows exactly who that was if that did happen. 
And so, I mean, that night he was just told about it by Katie. And from then on, their whole relationship had been over the phone. Katie totally created this person just to manipulate John. And police suspect that this isn't the only person she made up. Our quote unquote pregnant Jordan, who was supposed to be Ariana's sister, was made up as well. And absolutely no one had heard of this Jordan person from so, anyone that they talk to. So the whole story of them having relationship problems because of this possible affair and possible like DNA mm-hmm. was completely made up. Completely made up. Totally fake. It was just part oh, of her story to explain God. away their relationship problems. This girl's got issues. She is like the ultimate catfish. The so, ultimate catfish. Does John think Katie set all this up or did he think Ariana set all this up or did he know he was getting money from Katie so he knew that he was getting money from Katie but Katie did just like totally play two sides of the coin with John and it it comes to light in um how the prosecutors present this case once they all go to court So prosecutors hold John, Katie, and Kyle all equally responsible for Ryan's murder. And on March 28th, 2011, the capital murder trial begins. And they tell the story of the catfishing, their relationship going rocky, the breakup, and Katie still wanting her cut of the insurance policy. Um, They also find out that right before Ryan was murdered, he was getting ready to change his beneficiaries. And so Katie was like, I need to act fast if I'm going to get that $100,000 cut of that policy. And so that's when Katie approached John and started lying to him about the way that Ryan had been treating her, the abuse, the cheating, everything, which totally caused that wedge in their friendship. It was not true at all she was just trying to manipulate the situation and so she's just sitting there this whole oh woe is me crying on john on john's shoulder for absolutely no good real legitimate reason there was nothing to support this but john just totally fell into it and while katie pretended to be ariana she fed john the same story from ariana's point of view so not her sister jordan Well, and because her and Katie are supposedly friends. Holy shit. So Katie's telling John everything from her perspective. Then she's getting on the phone as Ariana and being like, Ryan's treating Katie so bad, blah, 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 blah. Just getting John all worked up. And he was genuinely in a really fucked up way trying to be a hero and like save this girl from this abuse. And so Katie told him about the insurance policy and she offers him half if he takes Ryan out. So John's sitting there thinking that he's going to get $50,000, you know, and be this vigilante in this domestic abuse situation. And once John was in, he roped in Kyle to help. And in the end, no one ever got paid. I mean, John got that $4,400. Kyle never saw a penny of it. Katie maybe spent a little bit of that money that she had gotten. But once all of this was said and done, the funds were immediately taken from Katie and they were redistributed back to Ryan's family. So 
and she shouldn't have been able to keep any of that money. So I'm glad that they took it from her. That should absolutely be the protocol in that situation. And all three, um, all three people, Katie, John and Kyle received the same guilty verdict and they were all issued life sentences without the possibility of parole. This was obviously very premeditated, no matter which way you slice the pie, it was all planned out. Yeah. And it is just such a messed up situation. I mean, we've covered so many of these cases where people will just do the wildest shit mainly include in you know involving murder for for what really very much money and for nothing for nothing and so Ryan's poor family you know they're having to cope with the loss of losing this outstanding soldier son brother you know grandson everything because of this crazy manipulative wild catfish of all catfishes katie briggs that is fucking wild that (laughs) she couldn't just break up with him and that's the solution for a lot of these fucking cases too that i'm like dude okay like move on like i know but oh man I, i she just loved the game didn't she and I mean, she really love that catfish manipulative game. Totally. And I mean, even if Ryan had, you know, some PTSD and, you know, a, a little bit of that here and there, whatever, like from what we know, he really didn't do anything to her. No, he, he just maybe didn't want to be in the relationship anymore. And it's like, girl, you had a good job. Yeah. You're paying for your own apartment, you know? And he was a gem to accept you the way that you were after you presented such a lie about who you are. I mean, not just physically, but obviously on the inside. That grinds my gears. Like, that is absolutely unacceptable. She just liked the game. That's it. That's that's gotta be it. She liked... She loved like that, um, you know. I almost see like a game of double dutch. Like she's just ready to just keep her eye on everything all at the same time. Like it's not. Oh my goodness! And I don't feel bad for John because you're a fucking no, moron. You killed totally. your friend, but um, I feel bad that he believed her lies for sure. But that's also terrible things to lie about. Like, don't lie about being abused. Like, that's no. just terrible. I know. I Yeah, she, I mean, she just manipulated the shit out of every single Everyone. angle. That she could. Holy shit. That's, in, that's, in, that's impressive. Not in the, not in the, I'm going to hire you type of way, but that's impressive. <laughs> totally. I know. I was like. I was like totally whiplash with this case. I was like, what? Yeah. And then what? Yeah. And then what? <laughs> Seriously. Just wild. So... I thought you were going to say that she also pretended to be like this congressman that hired him for the murder. <laughs> I'm like, did she get a voice changer? And she Shit, man. To be a man. <laughs> she probably had at some point. Who, who knows? 
It would it wouldn't surprise me in the least. It's impressive in the way that it takes a lot of uh, like to keep your eye on that many moving pieces and keep your story straight. Like it takes you know two lies to cover up a lie, they say, or something like that. You know to yeah keep up a lie. So to keep that many personalities and people and storylines together, at least enough for John to believe her. For well, sure. I mean, Ryan did too at some point, right? He had to believe her to right. where he wanted to meet her. So, wow, that's crazy. But that's very Texas life in prison for <laughs> all of them. Oh, a hundred. I thought the exact same thing. I was like, well, good. Yes, mm-hmm. they should. Every mm-hmm. single angle of that was premeditated. Yeah. So, sorry, not sorry. Mm-mm. But, yeah. Even freaking so Kyle. The- I'm going to mm-hmm. go get him drunk. Oof. For $5,000. Great case. Great case. Measly. So, yep. That's the case of Ryan Sullivan, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed this uh, fun little two-parter. And I'm going to pass it over to Fatina because she's got something that she wants to uh, share with all of our rangers. Yeah. All right. So, the last couple of weeks, um, ever since I covered the Kyron Horman case. So quick recap on that. Um, Kyron Horman is, uh, was a kid that went missing here from Portland, Oregon back in 2010, um, 13-year anniversary this year. Um, I mean, we all know that uh, who had a hand in that, Terry. But um, (laughs) part of what I did doing the research and and whatnot was joined some of the Facebook groups um, that are dedicated to, you know, sleuthing and looking through everything, making sure that every rock is uncovered. And more than anything, <laughs> more than anything, keep the word out of for to keep lookout for Kyron, right? Never totally. giving up hope. So part of that, um, I, I wrote into them and they had just made a new batch of bumper stickers and so we sent them two books of stamps um in the name of the podcast to help send out to help send out bumper stickers to whomever they're across the world they're really sending them across the world um and then i also offered to pass some out ourselves so we got a nice little package um with some bumper stickers if anyone is interested in getting and getting one of these that's awesome i think i have i think i have about 10 um and there's the original picture of him in his csi pic, um shirt the mm-hmm. day that he disappeared on june 4th um cute little Kyron. and yeah. then on the left side you have an age progression picture of him and what he looked like um now in 2023 Right. And so this is uh, an image that is forever in our brains because, you know, billboards and whatnot around us. But um, if you're interested, Patreon or not, if you're just interested in getting one of these, we will send it to you. Um, if you, you can, I know that you and Tyson put some of your bumper stickers on magnets, right? So yes. if you don't want a bumper sticker sticker on your car you can always magnetize it um we will send them to you for free so just let us know um right in 
or I'll make a face or Instagram post about it. So if you're interested, um, and this will probably only make sense if you're watching the video version of this, but we have bumper stickers for Kyron Horman. Um, if anyone's interested in getting those, shoot us a message uh, with your address and we'll get those over to you ASAP. So uh, just thought it'd be a nice way to um, keep the word out. Most definitely. Um, keep pressure on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if you're interested, the Facebook page is called Kyron's World Soldiers. So that's awesome. Uh, Kyron Horman's World Soldiers. So here is, well, there's my address, but <laughs> there's a sticker that comes with it and has a name on it Kyron Horman's World Soldiers. That's so that's so the cool. name of the Facebook page. Um, if you're interested in joining that too. Um, there's, there's just no, um, I guess, uh, it's, it's a good group. They do nothing but good stuff and they're keeping the pressure on Terry. I mean, that's who would know the most information. So a hundred percent. Yep. So that's, uh, that's what we'll leave you with. Great case three. Um, Thank you. So I think that's all we've got for today. Join us over on Patreon. Um, if you are a patron, you're getting this a week early, but um, if you haven't uh, already checked us out there, check us out there on Instagram and all the socials. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Right. Um, yeah. Let us know if you want one of those bumper stickers and as always, don't be a stranger and we'll catch you on the next episode. Okay. Bye. Bye. bye.